Welcome to Doctor Who A to Z, a show that covers everything Doctor Who from beginning to end, from 1963 to present, from Hartnell to Gatwa, from Auton to Zygon. All right, we are continuing on with our journey through 59 years of highlights of televised Doctor Who. And I am joined this time by Charles Kelso of the Earth Station Trek and Monkeying Around podcast to talk about the two doctors from season 22, 1985. Charles, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me for this. Sure. I am, as most people know, I'm a big Six Doctor fan, so I wanted to do this one particularly with someone that has a, you know, a real close affinity with the Second Doctor, and I know you're a big Second Doctor fan. I am. So, yeah, so I want to, I want to start with that. I want to know from you, what do you think of the portrayal of the Second Doctor and Jamie in this story? Well, I think that, I mean, he's not given a whole lot of time to be the second doctor, but the time that he is given to be the second doctor, he is great. I mean, he's, I mean, Jamie and the doctor both were just, they just walk back in 20 years later, like nothing happened, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they, they don't miss a beat. Yeah. I think that they particularly have just that relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, right. there's just something, there always has been something special about the second doctor and Jamie and mm -hmm. their pairing on screen. I just think they have a chemistry that works really well together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is, like I said, almost 20 years since he stopped playing the doctor. It's like, like 16 years later. And it's like, no time has passed for mm -hmm. those two. They, they look a little bit older, but I mean, the, their yeah. relationship is exactly the same. Their, their mannerisms, the, you know, the little things like raising his hands when he gets arrested, everything just feels right. like it's just the second doctor again, you know? Yeah. So Patrick Troughton is unique as for having done three, um, coming back to the show three times, basically mm -hmm. he, for the three doctors, the five doctors and the two doctors. I'm curious to know, we're going to be talking about the other ones later on, but I'm curious to know from you, which one you think captures the second doctor best as far as both the script and uh, Troughton's performance, which one do you think really stacks up best as a, as a, like a subsequent second doctor story? Mm, I, I would say the, the three doctors. Yeah. Um, I think it was a lot fresher then. I mean, they, like I said, he, he doesn't change much, but they also give him more time. Yes. Three doctors. Yes. Then they give him here. I mean, the, the, most of the time in the two doctors, he's knocked out and strapped to a gurney or he's yes. an androgum. You know, you get precious <laughs> few scenes where he's just being the doctor. Exactly. And I do think that's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. I think in the in the first episode, when he and Jamie are running around the space station and they're having their little confrontation with Dastari, I think you really get a good sense of of Troughton's connection to the character. Mm hmm. Right. And yeah, so I, I mean, for the most part, I enjoy it as well. I think I think it is a shame that he is, you know, especially in the second episode, he basically is strapped down for the entire time. Right. And I just think that's such a waste. Yeah. And I like the two doctors a lot. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's a lot of wasted opportunities because he doesn't get much time with Jamie. He doesn't get much time with the sixth doctor. He right. spends more time with shock guy than he does with anybody. <laughs> Seems right. like. It, but I was—I I will say that in the second episode, though, even though he does spend most of it strapped down, he does have some really good scenes with mm -hmm. the Santarin. Like That's true. his his verbal sparring with the Santarin, I think, are really good. And you—it's something that you 
didn't get to see a lot of in any of his previous uh, subsequent appearances. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the sixth doctor for a second. Um, what do you think of this story as, uh, is it a good story or, or a less good story for the sixth doctor himself? I think it's pretty good for the sixth doctor. I mean, it's a little bit too much of wandering around at the space station for my taste, but um, you know, he's, he's being the sixth doctor. I think most of the, the great material for him is in big finish, you know, but I think yeah. that for what they give him here is pretty good. You know, he gets to have some time with Jamie, which is, it's fun to see him with a, with an old companion. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I almost said you get like, you get to see him letting his hair down, but you get to see him like just fishing. When the, sh when the show starts, you know, then you see him concerned and going to investigate a mystery. And I think it all works very well for him. Mm -hmm. I think it does too. I think that um, this is one of the scripts in that first season that really sort of stands up to Colin's natural charisma. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a very much a larger than life personality. And I think that this really kind of captures that a lot. Um, there's a couple of, uh, to me, real standout moments. One is when he just enthuses over a well-cooked gumble jack. Right. And then there's a, that other moment. Um, is it in part one? I think it's later in part one where he assumes because of what he's seen on that scanner that the, you know, there's that the slowly dying universe thing. And he does this sort of poetic eulogy for what mm. he thinks is a, a universe that's winding down. And, and right. I think both of those moments are really, really nice. I think that, I think that this story is one of the better six doctor stories, especially from that first season. Mm -hmm. And then even later on when he arrives in Spain and he sort of steps into the policeman role for a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think that works very well for him too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk about the Santarans. So we've seen Santarans a few times. This is the first time that the second doctor has met the Santarans. And obviously he already knows who they are. Mm -hmm. um, but considering all the different portrayals of Santarans over the years from their first one in the Time Warrior and up through a couple of Tom Baker ones and now here, how do you feel that this story, considering that it's written by the guy who created them, how do you feel that this story captures the Santorans are they portrayed well in this story I, th I think they're written better than they have been probably since the time warrior I don't think it's as good as the time warrior but <laughs> right. I they, they feel more like Santorans I think that I mean they got some really tall dudes to play them right and, and the the masks I don't think the masks look bad they're just very stiff masks like you can see the dude's mouths moving inside the mask rather than like the mouth's not moving you know <laughs> And it, there's times when it just feels like it just looks like the masks are going to collapse. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're just not good. And the same with their little shoulder or the little neck thing. You yeah. Sort of like you like you could reach up there, <laughs> you know, like if, <laughs> if someone's going to attack, it's not protecting them very well. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I think that this really shows them in a good light. I think it shows their uh, their militaristic nature, their their prowess as like um, military strategists. I think that it's really good. I think it gets into the mindset of Santarans really well. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, it's another one of those, there's a lot of elements in this story that I feel like are missed opportunities. I feel like the, the Santarans don't get to do as much as, I, I wish it was like, I, if they were back, written by Robert Holmes, I wish it was a Santaran story, just not Santarans in the story. You know, yeah, um, right. I wish they were more of a focus that way. I would love to see just Robert Holmes just have written a great Santaran story. Yeah. It was just about Santarans, you know? And it's interesting too, because he, 
had complained on a number of occasions about other uh, some of the previous Santoran stories, which were written by other writers and and mm. their treatment of the Santorans and and how they were sort of second fiddle instead of being main. And so he does the same thing here, kind of. Right. I mean, they're yeah. not necessarily second fiddle, but they are they're not the ones driving the story. Yeah. Yeah. Jacini's more the drive force yeah. of the story than the Santorans are. Right. So speaking of Shasini, what do you think of Andragums? How do they stack up as villains? Are they somebody that we should ever have seen again? I would like to see Andragums again. I don't think that they would make a great villain, but they're great just characters. I like Shockeye a lot. Mm -hmm. And I even like the scenes where uh, Troughton turns into an Andragum and they go for dinner. <laughs> you know, I just I just find that delightful. But it's fun. Um, it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know wrap a story arc up in the Andrigum invasion or anything like that. But, you know, I'd love to see Andrigum's just uh, out and about in the galaxy. A story based on the Andrigum invasion just seems like <laughs> such a Star Trek Lower Decks thing to do. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, are the Andrigum's the uh, Ferengi of Star Trek? I mean, of Doctor Who? I think they could have been. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the thing absolutely. with the Ferengi is that you know, they kept bringing them back and develop their culture, which makes them more endearing than they would have been in their first adventure. Mm -hmm. And the Antrigums, I mean, I'm sure they've come back in books, but I, as far as being on screen, you know, I, like, let's say, like someone like Russell Davies, I, I'm surprised never brought back Andrigums just filling out crowd scenes and things, you know? You're right. <laughs> I mean, there are certain, some, some ones from Russell's era that like the Sycorax, for instance, mm -hmm. that I think should have been brought back that never were and maybe we'll you know we have another chance to see that now that russell's taken over the show again so maybe he will clue in to the andrigum experience and you know yeah. what though if if you want the andrigums as a villain as the villain of a story mm -hmm. do it as the holiday special i can see the andrigums uh coming to earth for christmas dinner <laughs> i think that would be delightful that's a great idea <laughs> Dude, that's fantastic right they've heard so much about it They're, they've come to come to feast right and of course humans are the main course exactly right forget about the turkeys <laughs> i'm i'm ready to taste one of those tolurians madam <laughs> right i love the tolurian thing it's like i'm thinking robert holmes just sort of puts in mm -hmm. stories just... i do too i think it it, it offers a, a really neat little continuity between all of the home stories right so where does the two doctors stack up as a Holmes script. I don't think it's the, the top of the Holmes script. I'm very partial to it because it was one of the early Doctor Who stories that I watched when I was first, yeah, like act actively looking for Doctor Who stories. And so uh, when I was back when I was hunting for VHS tapes, and anytime I found a multi doctor story, that those are the first ones that I, I would watch because you get more doctors for the rental fee, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but so I, I I really enjoyed it. I still enjoy it. I I mean. There's a lot that I wish it would have done that it didn't do, but yeah. um, but even it was something that's just like a silly romp essentially. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Holmes still puts some social commentary in it, still puts some science fiction in it. You know, it's right. got the the whole thing about elevating a species to a higher plane of of, of experience of sentience, right? You know, and it's right. got the the whole like, you know, satirizing our carnivorous natures. You know, um, which is a lot of a lot of stuff that I love when sci-fi does is when mm -hmm. it sort of pokes fun at things about us and also you know it includes some some interesting science fiction concepts even yeah. if you know they're sort of uh they're not really the focus all the time but you know i i love it it's just uh, it's just a fun story i think he did a great job considering mm -hmm. that he was essentially given a list of things that need to be in this story you know? he hated working to a laundry list right 
And there was a lot of elements that he was handed. Do this yeah. and this and this and right. make it a, essentially a six-parter. Yeah. Like Robert Holmes didn't wake up in the middle of the night one night. Like, I've got the, the, the story <laughs> of my life. You know? Trouton as an androgum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love those scenes, though. I think that yeah. the whole, like, romp through uh, Spain and the restaurant district and settling on, um, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, the little the, the Englishman, the, the actor yeah, and yeah, yeah. moth collector and restaurant. Moth. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> right. I forget. Oscar. 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 Oscar yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think all those scenes are so cute. Yeah. And he he writes dialogue and characters so well. Absolutely. Well, you know, I would just I, I would watch the, the whole a whole episode if it was just Troutin and, and Shockeye out to dinner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Um, you mean you make a good point about um the social commentary and talking about raising a species up above its station. There's a, there's a really great moment there where there's arguments about how successful that is and isn't, you know, with the second doctor saying, you know, you can do whatever you want, but this person is still an androgun. How do you feel about that? Like, like a person can't change, like a person can't, or is it that you can't make a person change? Yeah, I would think you can't make a person change. But I think also, I mean, no matter how smart you made me, I still have my life experiences as a human being. And, and yeah, in the late 20th, early, early 21st century, you know, I'm still formed a lot by that. Even if I was suddenly a genius, you know, maybe I can't surpass my nature or maybe I can, you know, right. but, you know, Chasini could not. <laughs> she was ready to, to you know. Yeah. take over the universe which happens a lot when you make people way smarter they want to take over the universe i've learned that from science fiction but i thought that that moment where um after the sixth doctor has been stabbed and he's running away and she sees that that little spot of blood on the sidewalk or whatever mm -hmm. i love that moment right like yeah. she like she's just overcome with like you know who she has always been yeah there's baser natures that he yeah you can't civilize out of somebody. And from what I've read, Jacqueline Pierce, that was her suggestion to do. Like they were on set and she said, what if I do this? Wow. Isn't that amazing? Good call, Jacqueline Pierce. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I find that to be one of the most poignant moments in the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this story has a lot of just random, like you don't expect poignant moments. Like, like yeah. I, you know, I mean, I know Oscar dies, but you still don't watch the story. It's like surprising when Oscar dies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, things like that, where it's like, oh, this got real serious all of a sudden. <laughs> that's, that's coming off the heels of like a big comedy scene, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the relationship between Jamie and Perry? Because we, you know, when you think of Jamie, you think of Victoria and Zoe particularly. And those were such classic pairings. Do you think that, I mean, even though they have a lot less screen time together, do you think that Jamie and Perry work? I do. Yeah. yeah, not as well as Zoe. Um, I'm not a huge no. fan of Victoria, but I love Zoe. I love Jamie and Zoe. Jamie, Zoe, and the Doctor are like my my I, companion crew. You know, 100 percent agree. <laughs> that is like the classic. That's like the the pinnacle. Right. Oh, they're um, the best. But I but I thought they were fun together. You know, and mm -hmm. I and I and I think it's fun. Just um, Jamie and the Six Doctor. I think it's fun too. Yeah, I did love them together. Yeah, they did a they did a short series of big finish audios with them 
you know, right. with the uh, Sixth Doctor re-encountering Jamie as an older mm -hmm. person, and they did a little bit of traveling together, and right. those are fun. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you get Jamie, I love Jamie. Jamie's oh God, great. Yes, and of course. So I'm, I'm happy to hear him with any or hear or see him with any Doctor. You know, right. But I thought he and Perry were fine. I thought I, I like I like Perry a lot. So I think that um, mm. they had chemistry together. You know, for what we got to see of them. So you mentioned earlier that this was one of the, I think you said one of the first Doctor Who's that yeah, you Yeah, one saw. of the earliest. So the, yeah. is, this, is this your first exposure to the second Doctor? No, when I was first, um, when I was first really going after Doctor Who and I was sort of going around to, back then it was going around to video stores and finding tapes. and that, So it was really the multi-Doctor ones were some of the earliest ones that I watched because there's, hey, I can watch all the Doctors, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing that you notice right away is that Patrick Troughton steals every scene that he's in. You know what I mean? You can have, doesn't matter yes. how many doctors are in it. And I remember um, back in 2013, I told my wife, Veronica, I was like, hey, this, uh, you know, the, this new uh, anniversary special is going to be the first time they don't have to worry about Patrick Troughton stealing any of the scenes from anybody. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because he, he's just incredible. And I, I mean, that's really where I developed my, of course, I develop an affinity for him. And he's the one that's hardest to watch his adventures. They're all missing, you know? Yeah. I end right. up um, getting a lot of loose cannon recons on tape, mm -hmm. um, trying to trying to complete my collection of, of second doctor stories. But I love Patrick Troughton. I think he yeah. is definitive as the doctor, even more so than uh, William Hartnell. No offense to William Hartnell, but I think a lot of what Doctor Who is now mm -hmm. came out of Troughton. Oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, there are a number of. Well, I know Peter Davison, um, mm -hmm. Tom Baker, Colin Baker, all sort of point back to Troughton. Yeah. Even though, even though Colin watched the show from the very first episode, he, he wow. talks about the time that he saw the first episode as it broadcast and he watched regularly from there, but it was, it's Troughton that really kind of brings the, the magic. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I love oh, yeah. Hartnell, love Hartnell. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. But, uh, Troughton, uh, Troughton, I think is way more relatable too, because uh, yeah. he's funnier, he's funner, he's small. I mean, if you're a kid, especially watching Doctor Who, like Troughton is wonderful mm -hmm. you know i wasn't mm -hmm. a kid i was teen but um i mean he's just so great he just, just he'll just do little things that just elevate what he's doing even like, like i said mentioned before like the way he um he raises his hands everyone right. in the room is raising their hands but the way he raises his hands fans is funny <laughs> you know he's not even saying anything <laughs> what are some of the other standout moments in the two doctors for you uh i love the intro scene i love how it starts off in black and white and yeah. sort of transitions in and it's not quite his tardis but it's enough that it's, you know, enough, it's the old yeah. it's the old console and stuff but um i love his uh when he with jamie i love when he's being interrogated um i mean like i said i keep coming back to that that dinner scene with him and shock eye and it just it's just two old british actors just hamming it up <laughs> right and i love it you know right and they yeah. feel very much like a couple of old like upper class british you know royal pronunciation guys um and i, I love that era of of british television anyway so just seeing those guys just with an excuse not to hold anything back you know they're just eating everything including the scenery you know mm -hmm. um yeah where does the two doctors rank for you in the canon of six doctor stories on screen stories on screen um, yes pretty up there because i don't yeah. think he was served that well on screen um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's, there's two doctor, and then there's six doctor stories that I like, but I think this one is, I mean, it's special because for one, it's longer, but also because it's got Patrick Trout and Jamie McCrimmon in it, you know, um, or Fraser <laughs> Hines. Right. I know Jamie McCrimmon is not his real name. Um, <laughs> 
but um no it, it's up there for me because like it's a special episode they're going overseas you've got the extra special guest stars you've got santarans in it I, and it's fun it is you fun. know i mean we could sit here all day and talk about things they didn't do and missed opportunities but it's just yeah. a fun story at the end of the day and you know i'll say also that for the time i i, I think that the special effects were really good yeah, I thought the you know, ships looked good. They look fantastic. I mean, I remember yeah. seeing it for the very first time in 85. I saw this at uh, John Nathan Turner used to do these conventions that he would do like a one day thing around America. And he kind of did them like off the books, like it wasn't the BBC sanctioned thing. But he came over. Mm -hmm. He was like personally responsible for courting a lot of the fandom in America at that time. And so wow. he would do these appearances and he would bring you know, your PBS station is probably still showing Tom Baker or still showing Pertwee or whatever. So he would bring the most recent episodes that had broadcast on the BBC. And this would be the first time that you would ever have had the opportunity to see him and maybe wow. even to see a different doctor. So going to these appearances of his was the first time I ever saw a second doctor story. And I remember watching the, uh, the two doctors at whatever theater it was in tampa florida that he did this in and patrick troughton was the guest he brought with him wow oh my gosh that's and a great night out holy cow that was amazing <laughs> um so we watched the 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 two doctors and i remember thinking wow those sontaran ships look so good yeah <laughs> and they kind of roll through space which is interesting yeah you know? it is um so troughton comes out on stage and he you know none of us have seen the two doctors before we don't know what he's talking about but he comes on and he makes some comment about how his eyebrows are turning orange and maybe he actually is turning into an androgum and we were like i don't know what that means and we then we saw the two then they screened the two doctors and we're like oh okay i know what that means now <laughs> that's awesome that's it was great. so funny they yeah. did a little costume contest and they brought people up on stage from like stage right and right. John Nathan Turner was emceeing. So he would, you know, read out the next person's name and he would look over stage right and they would come out. And then the last one he read was P. Trufton. And he looks over at stage right and like the whole audience is looking and nobody's walking out. And then finally, Patrick Troughton walks on from stage left while okay. everybody else is looking the opposite way. <laughs> it was so cute. It was, that's, it was really see, funny. And that's the sort of thing, like everything he does is just... Make it a little funnier, a little cleverer, a yeah. little more interesting. You know, he does it on screen too, which I think it just elevates everything he does. I agree. And I think it's not just him though. I, I think that he has a real sparkle on screen, but I think the writers write for him. And mm -hmm. Terrence Dix admitted that. He said, I don't know why, but I kept giving all the best dialogue in the five doctors to Patrick Troughton. <laughs> That's and awesome. I don't blame him. I mean, it yeah. just, it just comes out of his mouth so well and so naturally mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. He's a great doctor. Yeah. Well, it's like if you're in sports, you're going to throw the ball to someone you know who's going to catch it. You know, like it's the same thing with a writer. And, and by the way, when I met Terrence Dix, he, I was wearing a, a second doctor costume and he complimented me on my second doctor doctor costume. So that was nice. a proud moment for me. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts about the two doctors? No, just that it's fun. You yeah. know, I mean, people overanalyze it, but it's, yeah. it's just it's just a good time. You know, I agree. I agree. I find it so enjoyable. Yeah, it's still one that I can put on now and, you know, not only enjoy it for just what's being presented on screen, but it makes me think of that first time that I ever saw it, you know, and it makes me right. think of Patrick Troughton being silly on stage. And it's, I just love it. I just think it's wonderful. That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and chatting about the two doctors. 
uh, tell our listeners about your other podcasts. Yep, you can find me on Earth Station Trek with you. Um, where we talk about Star Trek, uh, old Star Trek, new Star Trek, all Star Trek. Um, also, I, we're not, I'm on a podcast called Monkeying Around, um, which is fun. We talk about the monkeys and other related things, and that's a lot of fun. Both of those are on the ESO network. Uh, then also, you can find me at Felt Nerdy. Um, my wife, Ronka, and I perform here locally um, throughout the Southeast as Felt Nerdy, doing sort of nerdy, fun puppet shows. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And I hope all our listeners go and put on the two doctors and I hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Thanks for listening to Doctor Who A to Z. You can find episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and other podcast networks. Theme remix used by kind permission of Doctor Who composer Dominic Glenn. We'd love to hear from you, so please drop us a line at Z at gmail or leave a comment wherever you're listening. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time. And until then, remember, we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one. Mm -hmm.